0: Welcome to the Adult Protective Services Technical Assistance Resource Center, APS-TARC podcast. The first in a series of four podcasts planned for this year. We come to you with the goal of sharing promising practices and innovations from various APS programs who have received Administration for Community Living or ACL discretionary grants. We hope to highlight what is achievable with additional funding, fresh ideas, and new partnerships to help you envision what may be replicated in your program. In this podcast, Jennifer Sperry, APS TARC subject matter expert, and Angela Medina, APS Director of Policy and Performance Management at the Texas Department of Family and Protective Services, discuss improving financial exploitation investigations and client services through multidisciplinary partnerships in the use of high-level forensic accounting. Before we go to our interview, a quick disclaimer. The Adult Protective Services Technical Assistance Resource Center, or APS-TARC, is a project of the U.S. Administration for Community Living, Administration on Aging, Department of Health and Human Services, and is administered by WRMA, Incorporated. Contractors' findings, conclusions, and points of view do not necessarily represent the official policy of the federal government. For those that may be new to Adult Protective Services and not Familiar with the APS TARC, our mission is to enhance the effectiveness of state APS programs by supporting federal, state, and local partners' use of data and analytics, applying research and evaluation to practice, and encouraging the use of innovative practices and strategies. Now, let's join Jennifer Sperry and Angela Medina in conversation. Hello, my name is
1: Jennifer Sperry, and I'm thrilled to be with Angela Medina today to discuss an administration for community living or ACL, grant-funded program that I was very interested to learn more about. Angela oversees the ACL APS Enhancement Grant that the Department of Family and Protective Services in Texas applied for in 2019 and received for fiscal year 2021. There are several grant partners that have come together to improve APS investigations and client services by incorporating high-quality forensic accounting into standard investigative systems and practices. This includes enhancing training for APS investigators on financial exploitation, developing exploitation investigation checklists, and law enforcement reporting protocol. Angela, first of all, thanks for taking time to be with us. I know how precious time is in the APS world. Can you start by providing a little background about your experience in APS and at the Texas Department of Family and Protective Services?
2: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So I started with Adult Protective Services in Texas in March of 2000. At that time, I started as a caseworker, and I also worked as a frontline supervisor and a subject matter expert out in the field in the frontline. And then after that, I transitioned into our state office and worked as a policy specialist and the policy manager. And now I'm the director of policy and performance management. And for this grant, I actually became involved with it just this past March in 2021. Great. You've got quite a bit of boots on the ground experience there in Texas. So how bit. did the
1: idea? Yeah, yeah. And that's so important for so many reasons. How did the idea for the grant application actually
2: come to fruition, if you know this? Yeah, so we have, APS in Texas has a long history of working with uh, UT Health Science Center in Houston and the Team Institute, which is part of UT Health and is headed by Dr. Jason Berg, who many of you are probably familiar with. He's a very active participant in helping us improve adult protective services. He actually approached APS in Texas about this opportunity and helped us with getting this grant application submitted. Great. Yeah, he,
1: he's kind of a rock star in the APS world, Yes, Dr. Burnett. So can you tell us about each of the partners that were involved in this grant and how they work together? Because there's several
2: integral partners in here. Absolutely, yes. So as I mentioned, UT Health and the TEAM Institute, which stands for the Texas Elder Abuse and Mistreatment, Institute. They are our primary partner, which again, they're headed by Dr. Burnett. They serve as our academic partner and program evaluator for our grant activities and outcomes. And then they also assess whether the project is meeting its goals. And so at the end of the project, the team Institute is going to create a type of manual that will hopefully be beneficial for other states and Areas that want to look at the project that we did in case they want to try to replicate it. So, we also needed some forensic accounting expertise. And so, the Team Institute reached out to I Bailey and brought them in to provide that expertise. I Bailey is a certified public accounting and consulting firm. And they're helping us in a few ways, one of which is providing consultation on our complex exploitation investigations, but they're also helping us with strengthening our exploitation curriculum and training. So now, in addition to them, we have a little group of partners through the Tarrant County District Attorney's Office, which is in Fort Worth, Texas. Some people may know the the Dallas-Fort Worth area, so Tarrant County is Fort Worth. And then we also have the Houston Senior Justice Assessment Center, which people here in Texas know as SJAC, and it's a type of multidisciplinary team. So the Tarrant County DA's office and the Senior Justice Center, or SJAC, both work together with us, and oh, I should mention that SJAC includes multiple partners, including the Houston Police Department, the County Sheriff's Office, the District Attorney's Office, the Harris County Health Services, and then for other partners in there, it's UT Health is also involved. Area Agency on Aging, and of course APS. For this for this grant, we are just now getting into our work with these partners, but they are going to be giving us recommendations on how um, to improve our exploitation evidence collection. And then, along with their input, I Bailey is going to help us with creating an evidence checklist and then based on all of this review and this information that they provide they're going to put this all together and give us some recommended protocol for making these referrals to law enforcement which is required in texas yeah we do vary by the states don't we <laughs> yes
1: yeah. so how did the kickoff of the project begin given the current state of the world today
2: yeah, so the grant was secured in late August of 2019. Um, and like I mentioned before, UT Health is our contracted partner for the grant, but as many people know, their contracting issues are fairly complex. And so we had a few hiccups throughout the contract, or I shouldn't say hiccups, but just delays because of the, com- the complexity of the process. And then of course, right when we're thinking things are about to work, COVID hits so we have covid hit then we have ut had a hiring freeze that resulted from that so it slowed things down a bit so basically it was about september of 2020 before ut health was able to hire their primary research coordinator for this project and then after that, our kickoff meeting was held virtually in October of 2020. So with the exception of one meeting that we had with I. Bailey during our APS conference, which we did get to do here in Texas in person this past October, all of our meetings for this grant have been done virtually. So, wow.
1: Yep. That's the, the way it is in the world, right? And yes. you did mention that, that the grant is for three years. And tell me more about that because you can... St- ask for an extension you said when we spoke
2: yes so the grant was received in late August of 2019 and it's for fiscal years 20 and we have uh, 21 and then fiscal year 22 is our last year so we will be running through the end of fiscal year 22 and if there are activities that aren't quite yet completed then we'll be able to request that no cost extension so that we can try to complete those activities
1: that's
2: that's a nice caveat to that
1: yes yes so let's get into the nitty-gritty here how are the aps investigation referrals reviewed or received how do you actually get this from point a to point b
2: to get the work done right right so what one part of the grant of course is the investigations and those being reviewed by i bailey and then we have this other part that is our training part which we're going to talk about later but For iBailey, they are working with our Forensic Assessment Center Network, or what we call the FACN, or you'll sometimes hear called the FACN. It's a portal that we have access to. And before we started working with the forensic accounting, it was primarily used for capacity assessment referrals. But now we are able to use it for both. So APS sends a de-identified intake report along with the Forensic Exploitation Investigation Suite of Tools, or the FIST through the portal to Bailey. So Bailey is able to access that material through the portal. They review it and create a draft report of their analysis. And then that also goes back through the portal. And once APS reviews it and it's approved, iBailey will provide us their final report through the portal as well. Great.
1: Wow, that portal seems like the uh key to everything. Yes. <laughs> so we'll talk about training, like you said, in a minute, but I'd Bailey, the training component is to train workers on investigations because obviously I'd Bailey can't do every financial investigation in the state of Texas. So what is the criteria for the
2: referrals that go through the portal? <laughs> so the referrals that go through would be ones that have a more that are more complex so if they have multiple bank accounts or they have multiple resources maybe they have multiple properties money mute market accounts or cds credit cards they have lots of different things going on so they have that or it's complex in the manner of maybe it's only one account but there are many, many, many transactions on money coming in, going out, moving around, and very difficult to, to follow and track. Yeah. yeah. So so it's really those those more complex trying to follow the money type cases that are being referred to to IBailey. I got it. I
1: remember seeing the packets of financial statements coming into the APS office where I was and knowing, uh-oh, this is a thick one. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of stuff going on.
2: Exactly. So, um,
1: yeah, it's and it could be one account, like you said, or it could be eight different accounts. It's just so individualized. So tell yeah. us more about this tra- training component of the grant, because like, like we said, I'd barely can't handle every
2: financial exploitation mm-hmm. case in your state. So... What's that about? All right. So like we've talked about, I, Bailey is going to be helping us with updating some of our training. But before we got to that part, we had IBaily do basically a GAPS assessment of our existing training, and they reviewed everything that we have so far on exploitation. And based on that, they made some recommendations to us on potential things that we could do to bolster our existing training. And while they gave us some fabulous recommendations, because of our timeframes and our limitations, we had to narrow it down from we want the whole thing to here's what we actually can manage. So what we're gonna be working with is two different trainings. One of them will be our training that will be in person, and then there will be another one that's a web-based training. And I Bailey is developing both of these by working. They're going to be developing them and working with our in-house training department, which is the Center for Learning and Organizational Excellence. And they're going to, for the in-person one, they're going to do a sort of train the trainer with those CLOE staff so that I Bailey will be able to provide that training on the front end at the beginning, But then once our grant is over, then our CLOE department will be able to continue forward with providing that training. So it's not just a one, it'll be a continuing benefit to the program. Gotcha. That's impressive.
1: I just want to point out to our listeners how well we're doing with not using acronyms. CLOE is affectionately known as Chloe, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I mean, it's just so easy in our world to fall back on the acronyms, but you have to remember, not everybody's from Texas, I suppose. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So as you've mentioned, COVID affected the upstart of this project. So can you kind of tell us and the listeners about where your progress is thus far? Where are you at this point in time?
2: Yes, COVID, COVID did really slow things down a bit. And so we weren't able to really start sending referrals to I Bailey until mid-September of 2021. Since that time, we've sent them about 18 referrals and several of those have been processed, but we, we haven't, we're, we're still in the beginning phase stages of it, but that's that's yeah. kind of where we're at so far. You're still getting your sea legs. exactly.
1: I get it. And you said when we discussed this before, you were offered a supplemental grant from the Administration for Community Living. Can you tell us about that? Because that
2: was intriguing to me. Absolutely, yes. So there was a supplemental grant that ACL offered to go along with this grant, and Texas has decided to use it for some software for our subject matter experts who focus on exploitation. So the software, which is called ScanWriter, it takes, it takes financial statements and documents, bank records, credit card statements, handwritten checks, things like that, and it converts those into like an Excel type format. So it, and it does this, of course, much quicker than a person could do it. And it puts it all into that format. So they're able to start doing their analysis much quicker as well. So there's a lot less error or room for human error with the software going through this information and putting it in there and not having to worry as much about, oh, did I skip a line on this part and not skip a line on this part? So so we're excited to get get the software. We're still in the process of, of procuring it, but it's something we're really looking forward to.
1: That's great. That sounds like some pretty innovative software. (laughs) Yes. So as we close our conversation, I imagine APS workers in Texas really feel the support from this project. What kind of feedback have you received from the field?
2: Well, that's exactly right. The feedback we've received has been nothing but positive. Some of the exploitation cases really involve a significant amount of money you know, with the multiple accounts and transfers and transactions. So it makes it hard for our workers who most times don't have that that financial expertise to be able to, to sort through all of that information. So our staff have really repeatedly told us how happy they are to have access to the forensic accountants and having them review the records and then providing them back with this really easy to read report that it doesn't only strengthen their case, but it's something that they can provide with their referral to law enforcement. And because some of the the accountants at Bailey are former law enforcement, those reports are really tailored in the way that we need. So they've, they've been very, very happy with the service. Is, it's amazing. And the, this can
1: analyze bank statements, financial statements, while the investigator is getting new cases <laughs> to go and investigate. Exactly. So, yeah, so our goal for this podcast was to share innovation that's achievable through the administration of community livings, APS enhancement grants. And I think we accomplished that goal. So thank you again for your time and sharing this project with us, Angela. I know I look forward to hearing about how the rest of the project rolls out and seeing the manual that the Team Institute will be sharing down the road. So thank you. Thank you. and I
0: appreciate you having me. Thank you very much for listening. To give us feedback on this podcast or any other APS TARC product, please visit our podcast page at apstarc.acl.gov forward slash podcasts and take our brief survey or email us at apstarc-ta at acl.hhs.gov and please join us in april for another aps TARC podcast